Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. Is it worth a conversation? It's your host Iman, and finally, I'm not alone, you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I kind of prefaced this episode in my previous one, and that I wanted to do one where we're talking about work culture and like what it means to bring your full self to it, and um, all the questions that comes with being a black woman in corporate America or like, you know, outside of college spaces, I guess. Um, and then to answer these questions, I invited my friend Asha to join me because um, I just don't want to talk shit about myself. So, <laughs> hi, Asha. Hi, Asha. <laughs> this is weird because we were I'm just talking before this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just giggling. Um, hi, how are you, sis? really excited to be here i feel really honored being your guest speaker so (laughs) thank you sis um how's your day though like i know you were working today um did you did you have a busy day or something you know that's a really great question um you know today's been a great day it's been sunny out it's been nice i'm trying to think of words that won't incriminate me Oh, okay. Oh, no, it's fine. You can but just you say know, work, if it was good or bad. <laughs> yeah, work was chill. Work was very chill today. Um, I am not going to lie. I wasn't really in any meetings today, but um, mm. it's been well. It's been a nice little Wednesday. It's Wednesday, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't even know the days. <laughs> Girl, listen, yesterday I was I was literally just telling my mom, yeah, tomorrow, fully intending that it was Thursday. And yeah. she was just like, what? It's just, yeah. I don't know what's going on and... You know the the weather's been acting different. Like it's been really cold today. Yeah, I was it was freezing and it was cloudy and stuff this morning. Yeah, I, it's crazy. But you know what? I'm not here. complaining. I know. I'm really happy. Like I'm this happy is my Seattle weather. weather. I love this weather. I know, but it's sunny right now, so the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine now. It's really nice. Yeah, but also I wanted to mention before we fully get into our episode, we both went to the Digital Sisterhood event this weekend. <gasps> And we talked about it, but like I don't think we fully debriefed yet. We debriefed on like our brief car ride um, after the event. But what did you think about it? Well, first of all, Um, shout out to them. Yo, shout out to them. Shout out to Allah. Shout out to Hidad. Shout out to um, the other folks that were involved and all of the folks that brought them here to Seattle. Mm -hmm. It was a vibe. It was amazing. It's like a three day week, a three day like weekend event. Mm-hmm. Um, I only went, I think we both only went to Friday and Sunday session, but it was great. Wallahi, really amazing topic, just the topic of like unity and sisterhood and belonging. And I think, you know, as far as like, you know, for some folks who are there, like myself, who aren't from Seattle, it was also really important to be there and, and just like share that space with the community. So it was yeah. 10 out of 10. You know, we're trying to be like them. TDS. Oh my like, God. <laughs> Please work with me. <laughs> work with us. No, I love them to be honest, and that's the thing. I feel like they—they're so authentically themselves, especially like Adar and Hilal. And like every time, I don't know if you've noticed. Every time Hilal starts to talk, she's like so shy and she doesn't want to talk. And then she starts dropping gems left and right. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, girl, you're a bank of gems. Like, oh, mashallah, They—they they are both wonderful, very Amazing. eloquent speakers, very like knowledgeable in the work that they do and just really inspiring i mean you know they just got into this um podcast what was it like a year ago mm-hmm. and it's just, it's 
doing so well. I'm Masha so proud of them. I really Allah. am. I feel like I feel like girls, Somali girls doing podcasting have always yeah. been amazing. Like I feel like every girl that was doing a podcast for the past like five years, since like twenty sixteen yeah. or twenty twenty um seventeen everybody like they, they do it so amazingly and they're just like it well. and then digital sisters just came and took it a whole nother step and Yo, you know what yeah. they are the definition of like if you align yourself with Allah like there is no there is no end goal mm. to the things that you can achieve like there is that no is ceiling true. you know that is really true yeah I loved it too oh my god that was that was oh, the god. biggest reminder I took it's just yeah. like like sister it was amazing and I feel like I'll touch on that yeah. a little bit after but it was just kind of like don't like mm-hmm. as long as you have pure intentions and you're doing things for the sake of Allah like you will never be led astray and I was just like you know That's what really true. you are absolutely right because life be testing yeah. me left and right mm-hmm. I girls like, speak on it literally I was like every little part is like annoying and sometimes you can like be on autopilot and get things done but if you're not content with it like and you're not making peace with it because mm-hmm. you know that's what Allah has written for you then mm-hmm. you'll always resent it in a way you know yeah that's very true I mean yeah that's that's the part that kind of like resonated with me and yeah. you know people be talking about Seattle being a little cold passive and like you know there's no community <laughs> and all the girls I speak Shut up. If I speak, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, they did a People showed out and showed up. Um, I really did. loved that and I really appreciated that. Especially um, during that one session, we were sharing examples of what sisterhood looked like for us and our mm-hmm. examples of sisterhood and community. Um, I thought that was a really great exercise and a lot of folks really opened up and shared, you know, the trials and tribulations of life and the, and the way that they were able to persevere through people yeah. who reminded them of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and supported them and like just created that like sense of sisterhood so yeah it was really beautiful I said Seattle look at y'all <laughs> look at doing us. a good job <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> not me for real no honestly it was amazing yeah I was I wish I would have gotten some merch that's I think that's the only downside <laughs> I wish I would have gotten like their tote bags or like their little vibe. Girl, cartoons. what if I told you? What if I told you I just went to the website and ordered the tote bags? Uh, I couldn't wait. Wait, I they're selling this... it? Yeah. I thought they were like, I thought they ran out or something. Never nah, mind, girl. There's... I think they ran out of vibe check, like the game, mm, the card okay. game, but um, the tote bags are all up. Never mind. Thanks for letting Ooh, me know. Shout this. out to TDS. Shout out to them. You know what? I'm dedicating this whole episode. No, no. for real. We're about to send this to y'all right after. Yeah, yeah. I'm tagging you everywhere. Um, oh, no, good. but low key, I was just like being there. I was like, oh, I love you guys. You know what? I love, I love you. And I feel like I'm learning just to say it. I love you for the sake of Allah. You know, just kind of like yeah. put that out there and keep it pushing, you know? Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. For the sake of Allah because that's how you know mm. that your intentions are truly pure mm. and I, I don't know about you sis like I'd be struggling sometimes like I'd be like when my intentions are like pure and like okay wait I'm not struggling with my intentions but I came out kind of wrong <laughs> I was like what's going on here <laughs> no what I meant is like sometimes like I kind of forget and I'm just like why is this thing happening or why is that person yeah, doing this or like why yeah. do I have to do this and like yeah. when you get into that mindset like everything mm. becomes heavy and like everything mm. becomes like annoying and mm. irritating and but the minute you kind of like remind yourself that you're doing it for the sake of Allah like subhanAllah it becomes mm. so easy not in the sense of like easy, easy to yeah. do but like you mm. don't 
trouble yourself like you don't find yeah. yourself struggling with it you know yeah and especially when it's like in relation to community and like for example like sisterhood I, I remember I think it was other during uh, the event mentioned like you know um, the saying of like you love for your brother or your sister for what you mm-hmm. love for yourself and that's really true like that's such a big you know component of sisterhood and unity in the community so I thought that was really nice as well yeah I think my biggest takeaway um and this is kind of morbid but um I think when we won't die (laughs) (laughs) but technically it is about death in a certain way because I think somebody asked like about confidence and like to kind of be um confident in what you do and who you are and like kind of worship Allah you know basically confidently um and Hilal was saying how we don't realize that a lot of people like basically if they die and they were like 50 for example Mm-hmm. and Yom Qiyama isn't for another like 200, 300, 400 years mm-hmm. you're spending a lot more time in your grave than you are alive mm-hmm. so we're stressing true. over these like short days that like in a couple years Allah mm-hmm. when we when, I, when is our time to go but like the mm-hmm. things that ho- we hold value today literally would not matter because like we're spending triple that time in the so grave like Allah yeah. you know so yeah. it's just like I think that is when it puts things into perspective for me like when I'm sweating the little things I'm like you know what yeah. you know what the heck you know yeah. honestly that's so true like relative to time like we're really not here for long and the mm-hmm. is so much more longer subhanAllah that is a really good reminder mm-hmm. okay so today I kind of wanted to talk about something that a lot of us can relate to um, at least I hope so um and that's work culture. I talked about it in the past episode that that's the topic I wanted to do. But you know, mental health break. <laughs> my no, my brain no. did, my brain was like, nope, you're not mm-hmm. doing that episode until you take care of us. And I said, you know what, you're right. You gotta um, prioritize it. And you know what, she good now. We good now. Alhamdulillah, um, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, that's good to hear. Alhamdulillah. Um, so yeah, I feel like I kind of like, it, it is a conversation that I'd be ha- like, I'm having in different spaces and I was like, wait, this has been a con- like a topic of conversation for the past mm-hmm. two years, and I was just like, why, why am I not doing an episode on it? And I know both of us are like relatively new. I want to say, like in the past, like starting the past like three years or so, I um, started working. Um, so I just wanted to talk about kind of when, when you know, when your work says, you know, bringing your full self to work, or kind of work culture. We have a work culture <laughs> here that da 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 da. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like those weird meetings where everyone is sharing their deepest darkest secrets <laughs> and oh you just God. met them three minutes ago um i don't know i feel like when you dive deeper into these um topics mm-hmm. i think i'm realizing that it really has to do a lot like a lot of it has to do with whiteness and white culture mm-hmm. and that's the part that people are not saying so i wanted to ask you if um if you have ever experienced or heard the, uh, like the phrase bring your full self to work or like kind of participate in a work culture and if you did um, like what does that mean to you um, yeah I definitely have heard that phrase in question um, sometimes written out as a question or a phrase uh, in both of my work experiences so mm. like you mentioned like I've recently like started my career out you know I was kind of you know it was it was kind of crazy I finished undergrad <laughs> straight into grad school yeah it's a sign of mental illness I don't know what it is <laughs> I 
like that's a whole other topic that's a whole other topic but you know um alhamdulillah you know i graduated with my master's of social work and started working immediately during um the start of like the pandemic so like Mm -hmm. 2020 Um, and you know I've been learning and growing sense and I think uh, when I relate back to that phrase it really reminds me of my first job right after grad school mm-hmm. I was working at a uh, nonprofit that was really centered towards serving young girls of color um, mm-hmm. one, one really interesting thing about this nonprofit is that the staff members board members folks that were working there were all representative of that representatives of that said community that we were targeting mm, to work with okay. so i used to work at a non-profit and that non-profit uh, was run by women of color including myself and in that space i truly felt like i was supported and really understood for my identities and like the intersection of them all you know being a black muslim woman also being someone of like the somali Um, background I really felt celebrated for who I was in all aspects and I think when you go to a work environment and kind of look into the organizational culture of the workspace that you working at it definitely there's definitely kind of signs that you know kind of show you whether or not you really feel comfortable and open to bringing your full self there Um, so for that organization and I worked there for about a year I felt really welcomed I was working with other pretty young folks I think our executive director was um, Wait, their third pretty young folks or <laughs> relatively young folks <laughs> Wait well, what do you mean <laughs> Wait, All of them pretty <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me give a shout out to my old staff because they were cute as hell. Mashallah. I was like, you know, say, point out. What do you mean? I, I meant to say relatively young. Relatively okay. Young okay. But they were pretty too. Okay. They were pretty. Shout out, shout out to them. They know who they are. Um, so they're relatively young. I think when I started, I was around, I mean, girl, was two years ago. I was 24. And um, my coworkers were around that same age range from like mm-hmm. 25 up until like, Uh, early 30s so it was definitely a space that brought a lot of comfort a lot of creativity a lot of really um, interesting ideas and really really interesting concepts it was a social justice focused nonprofit, um, mm-hmm. so we were really up to date with um, you know movements and experiences and what justice looks like for our community for our respective communities mm-hmm. so um that's like the difference when you're working at because my experience is the opposite like the my like because working in like predominantly white spaces mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever been in a space that's like it hasn't been like i haven't been in a space that hasn't been predominantly white you know yeah so i think that's that's why like yeah. my experience is like with work culture at least mm-hmm. compared to that your first job is mm-hmm. so different than mine Because I feel like from even the programs and internships mm-hmm. and all the little things that I was doing while I was in school, they were all predominantly white. So I yeah. just feel like, outside of like school clubs, because that, that doesn't count when you go yeah. by like ethnicity and stuff. But, and understandably yeah. so. I mean, Seattle, uh, Seattle, I do believe, does have some diversity, but it is a pretty white city and a pretty white Girl, vast yeah. community. Yeah. 
Um, so I was really, I was really surprised with the workspace that I was in. And that's another thing I forgot to mention. It was really, really small and intimate. There were only like eight staff members, including myself. Mm. So we really, really, really worked on like fostering community in our workspace. Right having activities and like sessions where we would go out to like picnic together as a staff or uh, have like different activities that we would do together and really just bring that sense of like community within our workspace. Yeah. Uh, but I truly believe that that really helped me foster a sense of connection with my staff or with my coworkers. And what that did in turn is really allowed me to come in as my full self, you know. Mm-hmm. I. I really had a really great opportunity and I was working with the program director at that time who gave me um, this opportunity to create a program from scratch. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) let me me get these creative juices going. But (laughs) I was really, I was really, really excited for that opportunity because I knew that this was a space that could really tailor and connect with young black Muslim girls. So what had happened is that I was able to create an or a small program called Black Muslims Collective. Shout out to BMC. <laughs> shout out to them. Uh, shout out to them. And it was this really amazing, amazing program that really fostered that sense of community, that sense of having a safe space for black Muslim girls that were around high school um, age range. So I think that really I was only able to be inspired to create that program after coming into work as my full self and knowing, mm-hmm. hey, like I'm I'm a Muslim. Like there are times during the day where I have to step away from meetings and pray. Mm-hmm. There are times during the months where I'm fasting, especially Ramadan, and really do need extra support at work. And mm-hmm. I felt very I felt very comfortable enough to share that with my supervisor, with my staff members. Um, and I think creating a space where all folks feel comfortable to come in and share their experiences really allows them and propels them to really come in with their full selves. I can share um, another example of things that we would do that really fostered that sense of community. And I think a really, really good thing that, um, that would happen usually is during our staff meetings or any meeting in general, we would have a check-in, usually a check-in question. You know, sometimes I'm not gonna lie. When it's white spaces, the check-in questions are oh my god, kind of lame. Like, what do you Girl. mean? Like, what's my favorite color? Like, give me something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's the thing. Else. Like, the difference between even like asking those questions because I feel like for me, like I'm always rolling my eyes at them. But like, if yeah. I was in a space where like majority of people looked like me or like. You know, we shared. First of all, if you hear some noise in the background from my end, them kids outside, they don't know how to play without making a lot of noise. So um, it's the so summer. It's okay. We yeah, you know what? We, exactly. I can't be mad at them because they're having fun. Um, but yeah, so I feel like even them like asking questions. I feel like it depends because sometimes I'd be rolling my eyes, and if it was another space, I'm like, oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, that's the truth. I'm so sorry. Being in white spaces. Sometimes it's really hard, like you said, to really engage with the type of activities and questions that they have. But when I was in this like POC, like women run space, it was amazing. Like some of the questions really dealt with our mental health. Some of the questions really connected with that theme of how to come in as your full self. Like Mm -hmm. what was a 
routine that really supported you in the past week what's your favorite song of the week like it was really engaging really creative um, questions and another really amazing thing that they would do um, is bringing in the feelings wheel you know this is oh, me being a song. social worker you know I love talking yeah, about I'm my like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> so the feelings wheel is like a set of um, like based emotions and it kind of like filters out those feelings so it can say oh my god I know that um, yeah you know wait so it's like if you're feeling this but it really actually means that you're feeling this exactly so Mm. we would have um, an opportunity where each person could check in share their capacity um, as well as share how they're feeling um, mentally physically and emotionally you guys would do that in like a check-in we would do that um, every staff you know when we do that and that's how you know the difference we do yeah. that during EDI or diversity training. Oh no, babes! We did this every meeting. Oh it my was... god, that's the difference, bro. That's the, yeah, the difference. and it was, and it was really. I think it was really <clears throat> a really great way to kind of um, not force anyone, but kind of like um, inspire folks to step up and really share how they're feeling authentically. You mm-hmm. know, and so like there would be times where folks would share like emotionally I'm feeling drained or um, physically I'm feeling energetic and right. uh, people were really really open and very honest about their experiences and their day-to-day feelings and I think that's really important especially in a workspace because that's going to impact the way that you show up right um, you know if you're working with youth like at that time I was a program manager and I was working directly with youth if I come on and say, hey, yeah, I'm feeling drained, I'm feeling exhausted, and mentally I'm feeling spaced out, the way I show up as a program manager to these youth that I'm serving, it's going to look really different than the days I show up and say, oh, I'm feeling really energetic, mentally I feel driven, emotionally I feel content, you know, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So I think it was really great it was a really great way to share your authenticity as a, a person stepping into the role of your job but it was also really great in terms of connecting with other folks and connecting with your staff members and coworkers, um and just hearing how they're doing day-to-day and how their experiences yeah. have been so i think that was also a really key way for us to really connect with everyone and like one thing I really loved about that space is like for example let's say Iman you came in and you said you know physically I'm feeling drained emotionally I'm feeling exhausted mentally I'm going I'm through feeling, it then I'm feeling depleted like I'm not, <laughs> I feel like you know I um, in those moments folks would like send like you know comments of like care or concern and they would really raise that in those meetings which I also thought was really impactful um, because you could see that you had that sense of support from everyone else so it's not like they would hear it and do nothing about it they would exactly exactly Mm. so um once folks shared uh other people who are other staff members usually would ask any follow-up questions if they could or they would also ask for your capacity and would be willing to take on some of the roles that you really can't take during that week which was really mm-hmm. great wow. I mean, it, was, it was 10 out of 10 trust me i was trying to implement that in other spaces and people said what are you doing like, <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing listen i mean that sounds amazing but the whole time you're talking i'm thinking how does that compare to your position that you're in now because you're in a different uh, you're at a different job right now, right? Oh, yes, that is. That's real true. The contrast it's, is crazy. 
So like, what's that? <laughs> how did that? How did that statement or that phrase of like work culture sh- uh, differ from your previous mm. not, uh, like uh, organization to your job today? Yeah, so I transitioned from the nonprofit like world. I I was really involved in nonprofits ever since I was like a young, a really young person myself. I still mm. think I'm a young person, but you know what? <laughs> you like, are really young. <laughs> like you know, I'm, I'm talking about like a youth, like a yeah, young, yeah, young yeah. person, like 14, mm-hmm. 13 and stuff. I was really involved with like, alhamdulillah, the masjid community that I came from in Michigan. I was really involved in like youth programs, really involved with like a refugee development center as well growing mm-hmm. up. So I was heavily experienced in the nonprofit world and I really wanted to step into a new space, kind of expand my knowledge and support youth and families, which is my mission. Like I just, I love working with youth and families um, yeah. and I wanted to do that on a larger scale. So I transitioned from my nonprofit job that I love dearly and mm-hmm. I went and started working for the government. Wow. And, um, not the government. You know, not the government. Not, not the, the whole government. <laughs> okay, calm down. <laughs> uh, I was working, uh, started working uh, for uh, a county entity and I was doing similar work that I was doing at my nonprofit. I was still serving and working with youth. But I will say I definitely stepped into a space that was much more white, um, Mm. not as diverse as it was prior to the other workspace that I was working at. And it was very telling. I could tell immediately that I was not going to show up the way I previously had at my other job, Mm. my other workspace. And it was a bit unfortunate. You know, I really loved the sense of connection and community I had at the nonprofit that I was a staff member of, but I also wanted to grow in my career and learn more and expand my work and experience. So in my new current workspace, I do believe that in kind of smaller meetings one-on-one with coworkers who are completing the same tasks and works as me, I do kind of share more of my personality and show up a bit more, um, but definitely, when you look at a nonprofit that was only run by eight people versus, you know, a job entity that has thousands of employees and sometimes yeah. you're in meetings with over 500 folks, oh it's really hard to feel that connected. Yeah. Right. And speaking of being in those meetings, there was an embarrassing time that my mic was on and <gasps> I didn't know. And Wait, did you, you say know, anything embarrassing? Yeah, you know, I was babysitting, I was cat sitting for a friend and oh I was God. telling the cats to stop fighting. <laughs> Oh Wait, Mochi was throwing hands? No, 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 it's not Mochi. No, okay. Not my daughter. Not my sweet daughter, no. It was, um, it was these two other cats that I was watching of a friend. And oh my god, please don't fighting. tell me. They, please don't tell me someone on the call said, they were, they were, They were tearing it up. And I thought I was on mute. It was a call of 400 people. Oh and I said, god. one of the cats named Stormy. I was like, Stormy, stop. Don't do that. Don't hurt your brother. And then all I heard was, Oh, Asha. <laughs> oh my God. And they went on, um, they went on, uh, they put me on mute. But it was at that moment I wanted to escape from the world <laughs> and disappear. Because, so see, was... if you were in a space that was predominantly not white, it still would have been yeah. a little embarrassing, but people would have been like 
able to laugh it off, you know? Exactly. They would have made light of the situation with a joke, with a kiki here and there. Yeah. I could you know, turned on my camera and said, look at these cats. Like, they're acting right. crazy. It could have been different, you know? So I think, yeah, most of the folks were pretty old and white. Most of them were, you know, like, pushing 40, yeah, 50, yeah. you know, much more established into their careers. And I was a Watch newbie. And I was All the 40 people don't come and beat you yeah. up. You know, it's old. okay. Nah, not as an ageist tip. Like, you can be 40. That's cute. <laughs> I was scared. I was super scared. And it was around the time I was newly employed. So I was, I was right, definitely right. new to the space. Um, but back to what we were talking about, like I said, I definitely didn't feel as connected to my um, staff and as well as like other coworkers. And that definitely impacted the way I showed up as a employee. Yeah. At the same time though, however, once one thing I ha- have to also we have to also take into consideration is that, folks are slowly transitioning back into working in person. So right. once I started transitioning back into, you know, going to meetings in person, going out to the office, I started to notice that, you know, the team that I am working and the team that I'm a part of, they are pretty diverse. Um, there are folks that were from uh-huh. various different backgrounds. And when we would meet, we would, you know, have really interesting icebreakers and really spend time together and yeah. I know that's not like a necessity for some folks. I know for me, in order for me to show up as my true self, I do need to feel accepted and connected with folks. Right. And so seeing them in person and interacting with them made it much more easier for me to come out of my shell and share mm. my experiences and kind of just be me. Like, you know, I think yeah. that I'm a pretty open person and really do <clears throat> and like really do enjoy connecting with people regardless if it's a work or personal space yeah no that's yeah I'm just sitting here listening to you explain that and I'm just like oh sorry you were saying oh sorry I was gonna ask how is it for you oh yeah that's that's what I was gonna go into um I feel like oh my god I feel like if there's anybody well versed in white women especially white women in Seattle is me (laughs) I feel like at every internship, every program, every job I've had, like, I've always been surrounded by liberal white women. Mm. And if if you know, you know, you know? And I feel like I've never connected with the term white culture, like work culture. And I never knew why. I feel like, like, I feel like I've always been guarded when it comes to Mm. showing up as my full self to work because... First of all, it never I never understood the reason to. <laughs> like, why do you need my full self to be here? Isn't myself that's doing the work enough? <laughs> like why do you like why, why do you need to why do you need more? Right. But that's but that's exactly it. I feel like for me, I've always questioned the need to show up as your full self. And maybe that's because I've never fi- I've never been in a space safe enough to bring my full self. You know? I think that's like because now hearing you speak, maybe if I would have started at a space where it's like predominantly women of color, specifically black women, or like women who have um, similar identities to mine, or who live in spaces that is similar to mine, then probably I would have had a different mindset about work culture. But I feel like my predominant view of it is very negative. And I don't know, I feel like because 
to me, work culture is very much synonymous with white culture. Because like a lot of the things that people would expect you to do at work, like forced hangouts when nobody even really talks. The thing is, like I hang out with people who I talk to at work. Like I can mm-hmm. grab coffee with you if we mm-hmm. regular like we can have like regular phone calls or video calls or we're we're just talking and chatting, you know? But if me and you are not talking in the workspace, then what the hell do you want to go grab coffee for? <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think I'm going to talk to you later? Right. No, Honestly. but that's the thing. Like what it feels performative. I guess that's why I feel like mm. the showing up as your full self to work seems very performative and extractive. Like, why isn't like it, it, I feel like I'm at this place sometimes, and like they ask questions and they pry into your personal life, and you're like, hold on, like what? Like, am I mm. am I at display here? Why do you need to know like mm. every little detail of my life, or like who Iman is outside of work, or like the first thing they do is they want to add you on socials, and it's like. Ooh, I don't know because I feel like for me that's how, a lot but that's the thing I feel like for me it's like if I'm if we're cool we're cool but if me and you are not organically connecting and you're forcing mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. then to me that's more than just you wanting to be friends this is more than that's that's kind of like the American work culture where everybody goes to happy hour after and like mm-hmm. they all grab drinks or they all show up to each other's and throw each other's birthday parties you know I think mm-hmm. that's like that's how I take this whole work culture. Definitely. Yeah. And I don't and know if these spaces are safe for me to show up as my full <laughs> self as a black woman, you know? That like, is it's... definitely true. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, you were saying. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna I was just agreeing with you. Like definitely I I truly believe that your feelings are valid about these experiences and it and it holds weight, especially considering that a lot of these spaces, like you said, Sometimes folks and uh, staff members and folks who are people of color definitely feel forced into these spaces or feel, you know, kind of compelled that they have to go in order to create these connections that don't even seem authentic at times. Right, right. It's like those uh, those relationships would make sure that your evaluation is better or like your performance or uh, the next raise you come up in conversation because you were grabbing happy hour drinks with them you know like that's such an American corporate culture it is and and it's not inclusive at all it's not oh my god the amount of times people ask me to show up for happy hours and I'm like read the fucking room (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) I'm like read the room do you not see me wearing my full hijab like (laughs) Like, are you fucking for real right now? <laughs> yeah, are you for real? <laughs> no, but that's no. the thing. I know so many girls, especially hijabi and Muslim girls, who had to force themselves and go to happy hours because they thought that's the only... Obviously, they weren't drinking, so they would just order some weird mocktail. Because you realize, yeah. like, if you take the whole alcohol part of it, and this is a tangent, by the way, <laughs> but, like, as a Muslim girl, if I'm going to... I'm going to go to order juice. Is that what you want me to do? Give me some water. Give me some of that right. hot water. Like, oh my god, I came up after work. Why? Just so I can get some apple cider. Like, what? <laughs> I can drink that at home. What are you? Anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty American culture, pretty white American um, right. culture to go out for happy hour. And, and I, I definitely go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I definitely feel that these spaces they just lack that like kind of like 
that ability to differentiate between different communities. I just think most of these workspaces just need to be more cognizant of the staff members that they have and the employees that they serve. If folks are observing Islam and are Muslim, it definitely makes sense to not invite them to spaces where there's alcohol or other spaces that kind of go against their values and morals. Um, And I feel like, you know, back to the previous job that I had, this one, I definitely felt much more connected and much more understood by the folks Mm -hmm. who would be planning team activities and team building and and these you know after work hours like activities and events that we would have and they would really tailor it in a way where everyone could feel comfortable and welcome like having a picnic at Gasworks and everyone bringing a meal or you know doing some other fun activity together and I think that really helped me build that sense of connection with my coworkers. Right. And that's the thing. I feel like it's always, for me, it's like, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess it, it always felt very, like, it's full of entitlement to assume yeah. that wanting to go happy hour after or, like, doing things like that, it's, it's like, it's very much like whiteness is the default because every mm-hmm. person does it and like mm-hmm. not even just whiteness to be honest it's also like the religion wise <laughs> it's very white like christian centered and mm-hmm. it's like um i don't want to delve too much into that because but yeah but like imagine me saying everybody at work you guys are invited to a halaqa tomorrow <laughs> like <laughs> like <laughs> come on like, what that was for real yeah yeah you guys all have to wear hijab when you come to the masjid and like what like I'm I'm not enforcing that type of like what I yeah. do but that's what I'm saying I guess like for me I don't know and that's what that was my next question for you it's like are you different at work than you are outside of work and if the answer is yes is it intentional um that is a great question um <laughs> I think that that goes into play of like having a really healthy work and life like personal life balance Mm. I I feel that I can share two different examples of myself and how I showed up, um, yeah. who I was at my previous job and who I was outside of my job at that time. Uh, there weren't any stark differences. I Like I said, I really felt that I could really show up as, you know, the Somali, Muslim, American, mm-hmm. you know, black individual into that space, black woman. And I definitely felt... Um, understood and accepted and celebrated for who I was so I really showed up you know with all my quirks and all like you know I was out <laughs> here kicking having a great time with my co-workers I, right. I really shared a lot of my passions a lot of the things that I'm really into and I think at that time I was really into k-dramas I was I was you know <laughs> I was listening to k-pop I was in my best life so I would like at really that time so it's till now <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, Shana. This is so sweet. No, no, no. No, I'm not going to lie. That era of me is very short-lived. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I think... You know, maybe maybe I was depressed and I was living my best life (laughs) listening to that stuff back then. But, you know, life is looking good. (laughs) I don't need that anymore. I'm like... Sorry, I didn't mean to take you on a tangent. But, yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to them, for real. Um, And K-dramas... Chef's kiss. K-dramas more than K-pop, but... You know... I like them both. 
but um back to what i was saying you know like those aspects of myself that um i kind of saw as something really private and intimate i always felt really accepted and honored and celebrated to share mm-hmm. in those spaces so right. i you know i actually was able to create really last long lasting friendships uh with some oh, of my coworkers from that nice. job and i you know still connect to them to this day so i'm really grateful for that opportunity of working in a space that really allowed me to feel welcomed and allowed me right. to prosper you know and now in comparison <laughs> <laughs> if we were to look at me now, alive. Oh, if we were looking at me now, honestly, I don't really uh talk much. Um I consider myself to be a very extroverted person and I I can definitely talk for hours. Like that's not an issue <laughs> for me. But um in my workspace is really interesting. I was having a meeting uh with another staff member who kind of shared that I was a bit more reserved and um wow. didn't share as much which i re- also thought was really interesting um to hear because i don't think of myself as being a reserved person at all in that sense but like Wait, i said i is that how you showed up to work or do you think that's how they're yes. perceiving you they perceived me as being someone who's a bit more reserved and doesn't take up a lot of space that's what wow. i heard verbatim and i said ooh that's interesting what? <laughs> I said who is that I don't recognize her <laughs> but I I also do believe that that's in part um, because of the fact that I don't necessarily show up as my full authentic self mm-hmm. um, when I'm in work meetings with 50 plus folks and folks are sharing something about their day or their experiences that I really cannot relate to um, it's just more likely that I won't really contribute to the conversation. And I think um, because of the space that I'm in being much more white and much more older when it comes to age, I don't necessarily have those same connections that I did prior. So who I am at my mm-hmm. current job, um, yeah. I think I have, I'm a part of a pod with two other folks. They seem to know me a bit more personally um, since we're, all POC and we're all mm. around the same age range I kind of felt that connection with them where I'm able to be more of myself but outside of that small three group pod three people pod I don't necessarily share as much so who they see me as as at work yeah. is a very professional very quiet Hasha and oh, who wow. I am who is that? <laughs> I said who is that oh my gosh but outside of that you know, I'm still myself. I still think I, you know, like I said, really enjoy being around other folks, sharing space, sharing community. Can I ask, and, um, why? Why do you think this time around you're not bringing your, or at least not even your full self, but like you're bringing who you think Asha is to your workplace? Um, you know, you know, I just thought of that one, I don't know if it was a TikTok, that one meme that was like, I just want to be appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, I think that kind of plays into part of how I show up in spaces. My previous job and the previous role that I had, I genuinely felt greatly supported and greatly mm. appreciated. Whether that was through small shout outs, through small celebrations, through 
you know there was a huge gift giving exchange that would happen at my old job and it was just you just felt very very welcomed and very very supported and celebrated for the work that you were doing and I genuinely feel like that positive positively impacted the work that I did and the way that I showed up in those spaces it's not to say that I'm not I don't feel supported at my current job I definitely do I have a supervisor who shares a lot of identities with me and so I definitely feel connected to them to some degree I just feel like since I'm in a completely different space with different folks from different backgrounds Mm -hmm. I don't feel as connected as I would like I said in the other workspace and that's for so many different you know complex reasons but it's just if it boils down to me not really feeling represented and understood in those spaces yeah I think I think that's I think that's very similar to me in like Mm -hmm. the, the the early jobs I've had where I was in a predominantly white space. Mm-hmm. And I think, abs- like, if I'm being absolutely honest, like, because of those experiences, I show up so different in, like, mm-hmm. my current job. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, like, if, if I hang out with you outside of work, the way that I talk to you and the things that I talk about, like, that would be so different than the way I show up in meetings and, like, the things mm-hmm. that I talk about. Even, like, mm-hmm. within my job, it's just, like, because... I don't know and this sounds mean and I don't intend for it to come across mm-hmm. that way but I don't know if people deserve my full self Ooh. like I just feel like that's like I don't know how to say that but I'm, I'm gonna say it anyway I don't know why people deserve to have your full self coming to work mm-hmm. like why do you need that much access and I feel like it just I keep repeating the same questions over and over again like why why because to me it just comes across like if you wanted to build connection you can build connection without it being so intrusive and I think that's mm. that's my understanding of like work cultures that I've been a part of at least and like um, the ones I see like my friends in and like conversations I'd be having with other people like mm-hmm. when they're talking about work cultures it's always about um, sometimes <laughs> for majority of the times like white people mm-hmm. being very intrusive to your personal life and like what you do and like I remember like somebody once asked me like what's my dating life like oh they wanted to get personal but that's the thing I remember just looking at them like you must be crazy like what why do what that's a quick trip to the HR for real (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing I was just like because because that person was fully sharing their personal life and like mm-hmm. their partner and like the, the issues that they even had and I was just sitting there like why do I need to know this you know mm-hmm. like it was very weird to me and it's just like because they feel so comfortable and sharing and um they would expect the same from you and mm-hmm. I think to a certain extent I don't know if that's the same for you but I feel like I'm learning that American work culture might be different to other countries because you remember like how this whole like conversation about your whole identity is your work so Mm -hmm. somebody would literally dedicate 16 17 hours of their day just to work because that's who their identity like their whole identity Mm -hmm. is like is basically Mm -hmm. wrapped around who they are so basically that's why the whole friendships are created at work why that's why like they invite their supervisor over for 
for dinner with their partner and they would go on double mm-hmm. dates and they would do all mm-hmm. those things they're just like I don't know maybe it might be a young people thing too but I'm not trying to grab dinner <laughs> unless we're all going for a work dinner or something like that but like yeah. you get what I'm saying? 100%. I definitely agree. I think you mentioned a really important piece of setting boundaries, especially at work. I think right. that plays a lot into play, and that really might impact folks who really don't want to get involved in any, like, activities that deal outside of work hours. Like, <laughs> that kind of reminds me of that one TikToker I forgot his name. On TikTok, the one black, oh, yeah. uh, the black Gen Z kid yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. it's the way I said Gen Z kid. <laughs> Is he a Gen Z kid? Huh? He's younger, right? He's the one who goes like, sure. it's just like, oh, we we have a he work like, culture. Well, and he just shakes his head and nope. It's cool yeah, and he's like, if you're not paying me for after work activities, then I'm not coming. Right. But honestly, it's true. I think there is kind of like a shift into the newer generation and how they show up in workspaces like you said there's some folks who and I actually know some people personally who really dedicate a lot of their lives towards the work that they do which can be a pretty honorable and admirable thing to you know witness but at the same time it's very concerning when you know you're hitting up um like a coworker or you're talking to a friend and they mention briefly oh yeah I'm just working and it's like 9 p.m you're right. like, why are you doing this to yourself you know right but that's the thing it, it then and then you would feel some type of way i mean obviously like i feel like we wouldn't because we're very like we're in tune with our boundaries and stuff but like yeah. if somebody else is there they're like oh crap like i'm not working that late yeah. you know or i'm not performing in the way that i think i should be performing at and that's the thing i feel like for other jobs maybe our jobs are like a lot more like calm about these mm-hmm. those things but i know for certain companies like like hearing stories of people who because they're so like um not reserved but like they don't want to they just want to show up to work and do their job and leave they were like no uh sorry this other person took i uh, got the promotion because um they did so and so they stepped out of their comfort zone and like they showed up to this like you know like it would actually yeah. co- like like not showing up as your full self would have repercussions repercussions for sure and but you're just it's like just... oh sorry go ahead no you can go no I was just saying like I get, I get it and that's why I feel like thank god like I'm in a privileged space where it's not like it's not held against me if I don't want to show up to work things or like events and stuff like that you know but I just like I guess like I'm also keeping in mind other people who are held accountable or not even accountable like they're held to a weird standard of participating mm-hmm. in a work culture you know 100 percent. i definitely agree and it makes me question are you really showing up as your most authentic self in those spaces right you feel forced to contribute or forced to you know take on an, another task or take on another uh co-worker who's absence work um it's just it's it's pretty difficult and i definitely i'm really grateful that i really had a healthy like work and personal life balance um once yeah. it hit 5 p.m you best believe you're not seeing me <laughs> until the next morning Same. Same. Um, and I think I think it's really important right to like set and hold those boundaries for yourself where you know that okay these these are the means of the work that I'm doing and this is the right. work and space that I am in the morning up until the evening but 
for the rest of the day, I'm really going to prioritize my own personal needs and right. you know, take some space away from work. Uh, but I do know that that's pretty, that can be pretty difficult for some folks. Like you mentioned, if they're in a work environment that's pretty stressful or a lot is really expected from them, that can show yeah. up um, in different ways. But that's, that's... not going to be me. Like that one TikToker said, once it's 5 p.m., I'm out. <laughs> and that's the thing. I feel like it takes a lot of um, like emotional intelligence to... Um, to kind of understand what you're feeling and why you're feeling the way you do because I feel like I don't know if that's similar to you but like gaslighting is such a thing especially when you're in a workspace and I don't like a lot of us like I know like at least I'm an immigrant and like I know my parents are not like working people in the, in the sense of like they worked in corporate office and stuff like that so like we're getting a lot of our examples or like the way to do things through experience or like other people going through it you know Mm -hmm. so it just navigating this whole culture and work culture and even navigate navigating college and navigating what to do Mm -hmm. in college and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. a lot of those experiences are very new to us and we're expected to perform at a certain rate or like expected to show up a certain way when in reality i'm like y'all can't handle all of me (laughs) You cannot handle my little problem. Y'all don't you deserve hand- me. You don't deserve me. <laughs> but for real, like, imagine, like, the way me and you, like, when we were talking and the way we we're talking outside of work. Imagine we're bringing that self to work. Yeah, you know, like, it's, it's, it's possible. They're going to write us up to HR real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It depends on the space that you're in. But I definitely get what right. you mean. It's, it can be really difficult and and like you said it it could genuinely not be accepted um when you do kind of show up as who you really are in these workspaces yeah and i don't know i feel like i still have some work to do in in the sense of like i compartmentalize a lot so mm-hmm. i think that's what i do i like i keep certain friends <laughs> like i'm friends with this person but i only hang out with them and i have this <laughs> other friend i remember we had that conversation the other day and it's just like no, i don't like did. mixed friend groups because like I feel awkward but that's the same same with me when it comes to like work and like Mm. myself at work and like Mm -hmm. myself around family even like mixing friends and family I feel weird about because Mm. I feel like all of these parts of me they exist separately and together it's just overwhelming and I don't know maybe Mm -hmm. that's something for me to work on but so when people are asking me to show up I guess like that's why it triggers me a little bit Outside of like the whole conversation of whiteness and work culture basically being synonymous, because I don't see like predominantly non-white spaces asking you to bring your full self, or like they just ask you to be authentic. That's it. Mm. And I think like that's enough to ask of. But like anytime I'm reading a job description or uh, something about that says our work culture is, I'm like nope. Exit. <laughs> Exit. the minute that place talks about like poor culture I'm like nah you know I I actually have this I think it's a really great tip to share with folks who are applying their jobs um, or looking for a new form of employment mm-hmm. I think it's really great during the interview stage to ask questions towards the end of the interview and one really great question that I really appreciate asking is what is the organizational culture like here and depending on how they answer that question it will really tell you a lot 
I also do right. ask other questions dealing with how do you support staff and their mental health. You know what? Actually, go ahead and give certain, and like, how... what, what is your best question to ask in interviews? <laughs> I think yeah, that would be helpful sure. for people. I can definitely share um, some interview tips that really have helped me in terms of understanding the work culture of an organization. I usually ask these questions towards the end of the interview when the interview interviewer tends to ask the interviewee, you know, do you have any questions for us? Right. I usually ask, number one, what is the organizational culture of this workspace? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that really opens folks' eyes on, you know, you just have to wait and see the answer that they provide for right. you. And you can really tell the type of workspace that it really is. And you Another need to be really- listening for that answer. Like, you need to read between the lines of what they're saying. Yes, definitely. If, if folks yeah. are kind of like, I don't know what organizational culture means, that's kind of, you know, a red flag. Yeah. Because and if they throw around the word family, if they say, we're like a family here, <laughs> run. That's, run. That's giving no boundaries right. at all. Um, right. So just being careful and making sure that you're aware of the questions, of uh, the way that the answers are posed is really important. Right. Another question that I really love asking is how do you um, support staff members and their mental health and how do you prevent burnout? I think that's also a really important question because as an organization, it's really important to support your staff and the employees that work there and make sure that they're being adequately supported, adequately taken care of and, you know, kind of having that sense of community there. So I think that's those are two questions that I ask. A final question that I do ask is, how do you prioritize POC staff, mm. um, and what does equity and inclusion look like at this org? And I think those are really really important questions to ask um, if you're a person of color, especially if you're a woman of color, um, and be very 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 careful of the way they try to kind of ask you to, you know, clarify some of the bits and pieces of that question. Mm. It's a very clear question. How do you prioritize POC staff? I've been in experiences where folks have said, what does prioritization mean? And what What? do you mean by that? And what's equity and inclusion? And I said, whoa. (laughs) No. Well, that's an answer in itself. That's an answer within itself. I said, you don't know what equity and inclusion is in 2022, babe. Right. Yeah, to wrap. Wrap it up. Wrap this interview yep. up for me. Um, and but, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, God, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I was going to say, I was going to add, add a question that I usually ask, but I was going to add a comment to what you said. Um, yeah, um, also, Keep in mind with what you're saying. Keep in mind how many people of color are in your interviews. Like that's a really keep good one. Kind of like um, if they're if they said, "Oh, this is your supervisor." Obviously, they need to be in, in the meeting in the interview. But like if they're bringing in random staff to be a part of the interview, then like kind of make a mental note of who's in the room. And um, my question usually is, why did the like why did this position become vacant? Like, why did the person before leave? Mm -hmm. And when you see them, like, 
a lot of them they don't know how to answer that because if they left because oh they had another opportunity that they fully connected with then yeah that's fine but a lot of the time if they left because the company harmed them or because the, the you know they were harmed in in a way mm-hmm. there you'll see them dancing around the question you know <laughs> and that's yeah. another like that's another way for you because to be honest like that's a very as lo- I feel like the the point is like as long as they're interviewing you you can interview them as well like you're trying to figure out if this position is good for you because i think we mm-hmm. underestimate how much harm can be done in workplaces That's we so underestimate true. how especially if you're holding an identity of like a marginalized group or like if you're a black woman or an immigrant or refu- whatever it is like whatever identity you hold if it's not a an identity that's very like upheld and celebrated in america which is mainly being white <laughs> if that yeah. uh-huh, if that is not being held up and like celebrated you can be harmed in those spaces and like at some point money won't be enough and that if you're an, also let me preface this by saying this it's a privilege to even say that because like if you're in a space where you need the money you can even think about being harmed because mm-hmm. you need the money you know mm-hmm. so we're seeking from the point of privilege right here mm-hmm. but also like i've i've heard too many people leave their jobs because they were literally mentally drained mm-hmm. and like they tried so hard to change the work culture and the things that exist in a workspace but they they will never respect it or they were kind of mm-hmm. uh, kind of disregarded in like their appeals and stuff so mm-hmm. i just wanted to point out that as much as they're interviewing you you can interview them because your mental health matters and the spaces that you put yourself in matter and you matter and you matter sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i definitely agree i think um i was one to really shy away from and i know a lot of people might also share the same experience to just shy away from asking questions but it's like right. listen this is a time for you to get to know um this job that you're applying to as well so i definitely encourage folks to ask questions to have questions ready yeah um and i definitely think that's a really great way to figure out if this is a space that would really work for you and honor you and support you as yeah. a staff member listen i actually like i've never actually shared this story outside of like just friend groups but i i re- first of all i rejected a few jobs because of like the way that they answered questions in interviews, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I realized like, whoa, what the hell am I walking into? Mm-hmm. Like, this is there is some issues there and I'm not trying to be a part of it. Um, but there was an experience at a, a news organization. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to say where they are or who they are. Ooh, um, but during the interview, the person, the reporter asked me Oh, you speak English very well. Where were you born? Oh my god. <laughs> and I was just like and she was like, "Are you like are you citizen here or something like that?" And I was just like in my head I'm like, I answered that, but I was like, it's actually kind of illegal to ask people of their citizenship status during an interview. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" And she was like, "How's your grammar?" and blah blah. And I I get it. Like it was a writing it was it wasn't a, it wasn't mainly a writing position but it was a news organization so i'm like mm-hmm. the question in itself isn't the problem the problem is you asked me if i was born here i'm like yeah. oh my god your english is so good the microaggressions like, right and then when they like they were trying to offer me the job i said hell no give me in touch with your hr <laughs> i literally like, <laughs> took it up with their hr and obviously they i know they're not going to do shit 
Um, but I was just like, I'm gonna point it out because the shit is illegal and I'm not seeking it any further yeah. than this, like, because I don't care for it. I was still in college at that point. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, the fact that that happened, and I remember like sitting there gaslighting myself, like, no, it's okay. Maybe it's, it's a writing position. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, it's a newsroom position. They need to ask you that. But I was like, no, what the hell? <laughs> and I remember talking to my friends after, and I, they were like, nah, that's not normal. What the hell? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, so I wasn't stupid or I wasn't wrong in thinking that the way that they were asking those questions. So, yeah, so imagine if I would have gotten a job there. Oh, girl, the microaggressions. Exactly. And it was just, it was from another person of color at that. Oh, no. Right. Right. So, all all that to say is like, if the, if you're experiencing harm or microaggressions during an interview, imagine the extent of that if you actually accept a job or get a job there. Exactly. That's why it's really, really important to, you know, have some discernment when you're deciding on different jobs and just making yeah. sure that you're really aware of the folks that are going to be there. Right. And I wish, I feel like, I wish there was a kind of career readiness program for like, Somali girls or, or Somali people or like you know Ooh. just like our community because I don't know I feel like we have a lot of professionals here a lot of amazing professionals and like I know that a lot of people in high school a lot of people in college are always struggling with like taking that first step or like mm. how to do their resume or how to show up in an interview or even how to apply yeah. or find those jobs you know girl you're describing my current job well, I get excited. Let me plug in my place. I'm, I'm Go joking. ahead. But um, I definitely agree. You know, I think my my main work uh, task and duties that I have currently uh, working for the county, I do support youth, 14 to 24, on resume building, cover letter building, interview prep, and just oh career God. exploration and That's job amazing. readiness. Um, and it's been it's been pretty interesting, but I definitely agree with you. I definitely feel that there is a kind of lack of support when it comes to Somali um, students and Somali youth within the Seattle area. And I think right. that would be a really great idea to start up maybe a collective or a small yeah. community-run program that really supports youth in that way. Because yeah. like you said, there are a lot of, a lot of Masha Allah, especially in Seattle, a lot of the um, talented folks who are in different fields and different careers all over the city. So I definitely agree. I think that would be... Right. Girl, let's work I was on thinking, that. Listen, you know what? I'm down. <laughs> let's start that. If you're listening to this episode, you better not steal that idea. I'm uh, or if you do, if you do, please just hit me up. I would love to work on it. Yeah, um, like you know, if anyone's interested, I think it would be a really great way to create that sense of connection and community and support in the city. Right. And I just, I've always been like, I'm very big on mentorship. Like this, um, I think, like I've had amazing mentors growing up and like in all the different stages while I'm in high mm-hmm. school or college and even post college. So I feel like mentors really made, like they made it for me when it came to finding jobs or even figuring out myself or identity and I was always a part of programs that kind of helped me know who I am and mm-hmm. I believe I absolutely believe in mentorship um and what's better what's better 
when it's someone from your own community who understands some of the challenges you might be going through, you know, or like the constraints that you might have because of your culture or mm-hmm. religion or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would love to see that happen. Um, I might, I might do that, but who knows, girl? I'm yeah. barely, I'm barely posting on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, hit me up. We can really work on this. I think it'd be a really yeah, great, I think a really great, great way to give back to the community and support. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to add? I think we're nearing the end of the episode. I feel like um, we could sit here and talk for hours, but I also don't want to talk yeah. everybody's ears off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, I, I definitely just want to share that for other folks who are kind of like in the similar situation that Iman and I are in our careers and just being really, you know, still in the early stages of our careers as Black Muslim women, Um, Just know that support really is really out there. I think connecting with other like-minded individuals and kind of sharing your experiences at your workspace could be a really great way of forming connection, forming community. You know, if there's a Mm -hmm. coworker out there that you do feel really comfortable with, you know, just kind of spending a bit more time getting to know them or like, you know, kind of getting out of your shell a little bit could be really impactful also I do know not everyone shares the same sentiments and experiences as I do so I definitely think my experiences in my prior job (laughs) definitely kind of gives me a bit of privilege in this situation Um, but I really do hope that you know workspaces can really become a more inclusive Mm -hmm. um, space for folks and really share you know more more enjoyable activities and more enjoyable ways to feel connected with other coworkers. I know that's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> so, um, we also might have to be a bit patient, but yeah, it's just I'm really like, I'm like on the opposite end of that advice. <laughs> if you don't feel like showing up as yourself, girl, don't do that. And that's you don't true. have to. <laughs> 100 I, I definitely think agree. Literally, just listen to whatever rings true to you. Um, cuz for me, I'm like I'm on the opposite side of like show up however you feel like showing up. And just know that however way you decide to show up is valid. Um, And that's like what Hasha was saying. Like, if you feel like you want to build more of a connection at your workspace, then go ahead and do that. But if you're feeling like, nah, I'm not trying to bring my full self to work, like, that's, y'all get eight hours of me. That's absolutely fine. And you're valid in feeling that way too. Yeah, just making sure to show up as, you know, what rings to you and what makes you feel the most comfortable is also really important being your authentic self whether or not you want to share space with other folks that's also really important and just being aware um, and cognizant of the decisions you make yeah well thank you Asha Um, I really enjoyed talking to you Sip I did too this is (laughs) nice you can have me back on here soon huh (laughs) what I said are you going to have me (laughs) back on here soon (laughs) Girl, anytime you're available, I feel like um, I always enjoy. I I love doing episodes by myself, but I always enjoy it more when I'm like talking to somebody else because it's like I love talking about these things. And like, if I have to talk about it with somebody else that's like I enjoy and I respect their opinions, like that's that's even like better for me. So I'm grateful that you're here. Um, I'm gonna. I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. Hey, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm really glad I had a really great time, and I'm really grateful that I was on here sharing with you. Oh, 
thank you sis um but that's it for our episode i'll make sure i add links to the things that we talked about i know like asha mentioned the wheel about emotions that her old job used to do and i feel like that's a very beneficial one to kind of take a look at um so i'll link that i'll try to find it and link that i'll also um tag asha in the post on social media so if you want to um check that out that would be great give her a follow um, oh, she, her, her 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 content is amazing uh, is very aesthetically pleasing um, but yeah um that's that and with all of the things that we shared today i hope some of it resonated with you um and with that i'm gonna love you and leave you bye bye bye